Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where you'll receive a boost of inspiration, practical advice, and tools to maximize your success and personal happiness. And that's not all. You'll also get plenty of guidance on how you can use your gifts, talents, and compassion to contribute towards making the world a better place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a preview of what's in store and to also receive a free ebook. To sign up, simply visit www.thedreamcatch.com. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the host of the Dreamcatcher podcast, Celine Chinoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. Every human is born unique as a snowflake. We inherit physical DNA that gives us our appearance, personalities, and characteristics. But did you know that we also inherit emotional DNA? This ancestral blueprint of thoughts and feelings determine how we perceive and act. My guest, Judy Wilkins-Smith, says that when we understand our emotional blueprint, transformation is always possible. Join me for this empowering discussion with her. Judy Wilkins-Smith is a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family patterns expert, a systemic executive coach, trainer, facilitator, thought partner, and leadership conference and motivational speaker. She has 18 years of expertise in assisting high-performance individuals, Fortune 500 executives, and legacy families and limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. In this interview, Judy will share a variety of strategies and practices to help you decode your emotional blueprints. We'll talk about detecting hidden and multi-generational patterns, recognizing their purpose, and transforming old cycles to create a life of greater meaning and impact. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks. Hello, Judy. How are you today? I am super good. It's a lovely day in Texas, a little bit colder than I like, but I'm good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm just so happy that you're here to tell us more about yourself and your fascinating work on decoding hidden patterns in our emotional DNA. And it seems like more and more people are curious about their ancestry and how it impacts them. So, Judy, why do you think that's the case? Well, here's the thing with ancestry, uh, it's where do I belong? It's about belonging. Where do I belong? And so they look at that and, and you you watch people who find their ancestors from decades, generations, multi-generations, and you'll see them get quite emotional. It's because it gives us that sense of connectedness and belonging. So that's what we call genealogy 1.0. What I do is what I call genealogy 2.0 because just knowing where you belong is one very small aspect. But when you understand the events in your family system and their impacts, you begin to understand yourself because those events cause reactions that cause thoughts, feelings, actions, which become patterns that then become mindsets. And then we say that's the truth. Only it's not the truth. It's your truth. And you can change it anytime you want to. And it's extremely powerful. So my suspicion is 
we've known somewhere for a long time that ancestry is the key to unlocking our own full potential. This particular modality enables you to do exactly that. Mm. I also see a lot of these videos on, um, they kind of look at the ancestry and the older records of um, celebrities. They feature celebrity guests. And, you know, you can Oh, see... I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the celebrities, most of them get so emotional or they're just in awe, like when they find out the stories of their ancestors. And it seems to be a very healing process when, you know, they're just finding out what happened to them and what was their fate. That right. seems to, that just finding that missing link, it seems to really, um, I don't know, it seems to really uh, fill a void. Yeah. So here's why. So there are two programs. I think the one that you're referring to is who do you think you are? And that's the yes. one. Yeah. And and it's and of course every time I see that show, I'm like, how do I get to the producers? How do because they they're still not filling in all um why do we get so emotional and how does it fill in the gaps? First of all, one thing, we're all convinced we have to heal. That's not the truth. What we have to do is we have to add. We have to bring balance to the system and then add our own chapter. So that feeling is, oh, my goodness, I'm connected to that. No wonder I feel the way I do. No wonder I act the way I do. No wonder I think the way I do. Oh, my goodness, it makes perfect sense. So now we realize that we're part of a long chain of love letters in a sense. We're the latest link. Now, for many, of, for many of us, some of those patterns are great, and you want to take those and embrace them and add to them. Yes. But for all too many of us, we have these voids. There are places where we're stuck. We don't manage. We don't do well. And the code is right there because what it's saying to you is that pattern of not coping has come down through multiple generations, and it's bumping at you because it's saying to you, Please stop this and start something new. So you've always got the two patterns, one that's trying to stop and one that's trying to start. So literally what you're doing is you're looking at your inheritance and you're knocking on the door of your purpose. And that's pretty powerful stuff. That is. That is. And you've been doing this work for a while, uh, Judy. You've been doing it for like... 18 years, you know, you've been uh, studying and teaching generational and systemic work for, for a while now. So um, I'm just curious to know, what were the events in your life that led you to the life-changing work that you do today? Yeah, so I've been doing this kind of work for a long time, but this particular one, probably now for about 12 or 13 years or so. So what happened was we moved to the U.S. and not long thereafter, my father was killed. And it was either write books or go crazy. And I decided that writing books was probably a better option than going crazy. So I was doing research for one of the books and up popped this, this stuff. And I called the person who was already doing working with some of this and asked for help. And they said, come study my work and I will help you with a book. So I went and studied the work and got zero help with the book, just by the way. but. What it did was I suddenly realized that this was a language that I understood. And moving down the line, what happened was I worked with individuals. Then companies started saying to me, hey, 
if you can work with them and you can dimensionalize issues, which we'll talk about, if you can dimensionalize an issue and get very different outcomes and breakthroughs, can you do it for companies? So I started working with companies. So about five years in, somebody says to me, well, of course, you know what you're doing with this stuff. And I went, why? And they said, well, it originated in South Africa with the Zulu nation. And that was a click for me because I was sort of vaguely aware, but I really wasn't that aware that that's where it had started. But here's the kicker. I used to work in healthcare. When I left to come to the U.S., the person who gave my farewell speech was a Zulu gentleman. And he said to me, um, you may be leaving us, but you will find a way to represent us in the world. And I laughed. And now I do it every day. So it was really a very was big psychic? <laughs> Yeah, you wonder. Actually, yeah. if you look at your own life, you will see that there are moments in your life where people have told you things about your future self. And you look back and go, how'd they know that? I had a teacher in... in fourth grade who said to me no no you won't you won't be in medicine sweetheart you're going to write books and help people's hearts and I went no I'm not well turns out maybe she knew something I didn't wow that's amazing and uh Judy you said that the system originated in with the Zulus in Africa but I was of the impression that constellation work came from Germany now, it, no. So the, the person who, who took it all away is Bert Hellinger. So you're quite right with that. And he was based in Germany, Austria. He uh, started this work when he went to South Africa as a um, Catholic missionary. And he worked with the Zulus. And he noticed that they didn't have neuroses and he studied them. So no, it began with the Zulus, but it, it very much found its place with him. Okay. And the way you teach it, is it all science-based or is there a metaphysical component to oh, it as well? Full spectrum. So when I go into a company, I'm very business oriented and it's got a, a, a very nice business frame and I've codified the, the business frame. So that's what I teach. But then when we start working, people very quickly begin to understand that they're very capable of sensing into the system. They're very capable because we do that all the time. You watch somebody on a show and they have a breakthrough moment and you go, oh, and you tear up. What are you doing? You're sensing into their system. And we do it all day long. We've just never been taught that we do. So it's very business. And then it's also very scientific because it's, it's, um, it uses epigenetics and neuroscience. The minute you start changing, you're rewiring your brain, you're rewiring your body. Uh, if there is a large impact on the system or on your system, and you begin creating that emotional DNA, you're also activating on-off switches and receptors on your genetic code. So it's all. And then when you go into this and you do a constellation, which is that 3D process, and at live events, when I do that, I'm using live representatives and people can actually see the pattern and feel the pattern and hear it and speak about it and touch it. They have this whole in the moment rewiring, which means they're now shifting and they have an aha moment where they have deep insight into what's happened. It's no longer this narrow focus of 
my life doesn't work. It's here's what happened, here's the impact, and here's what's possible. And so you'll see them have very deep spiritual movement and metaphysical movement as well. And they will literally say to me, my brain can't think the same anymore. My body doesn't yeah. feel the same. I'm not feeling the same. So it's it's an all process. It's where science and metaphysics go, hello, and come yeah. together. Yeah, that's they overlap, right? Yeah. Yeah. And could you please clarify what you mean by emotional DNA? Emotional DNA is what I call call it. It's your patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions. Mm-hmm. And you inherit those very often from prior generations. So quite often I'll have someone who says to me, I've been sad for as long as I can remember. When I hear that, I'm curious. When did it start for you? What was happening in your life at the time? What did you tell yourself about that? How did you feel? What did you make it mean about you? What did you make it mean about others? And most importantly, is there anyone else in your family system who is similar? This is what emotional DNA is. And with your emotional DNA, opposite or a little bit contrary to physical DNA, you can change this one, which means you can change your life. Yeah. Okay. And what if we don't have any recollection or any past records of our ancestors? Right. If we don't know what happened with our great, great, great grandparents and how would we know what kind of issues that they, they went through? We may not know what issues they went through, but here's what I tell people in that situation. Timeline your own life, because if you can timeline your own life and and pinpoint pieces that changed you, you'll begin to see that there's a pattern. And we know that the pattern comes from somewhere. So even if we don't know exactly who it came from, we know what the pattern is. And now we know that we can begin changing it. And this is every area of life, like money, every love, area of health, every area, money, love, leadership, health, all of it. Addictions, neurosis yes. of all types. Yeah. Yes, addictions are beautiful things. Quite often, an addiction happens because in systemic work, anyone who you exclude from the system, whether it's a victim or a perpetrator, is going to start surfacing in patterns in subsequent generations. So whatever you exclude is going to keep sticking its head up and creating banging, limiting patterns because it wants to be seen and given its place. Remember, we spoke about how important belonging is. So this is what happens. They keep surfacing. And in addictions, what you find is you've got a victim and a perpetrator quite often locked together. Both have been excluded. And so suddenly you have someone who's going, I, the perpetrator, injure myself the victim and if you can disentangle that piece then it it can settle down okay well i mean that simple or do they have to you know follow that up with some therapy or oh look i never discourage therapy because i think it's it's hugely helpful but it's a great unlocker it it. begins to make sense of what's happening to them yeah. Why it's, it's like that dam, them. right? Once that dam right. breaks, then the water can, yeah. Exactly. Water. Perfect analogy. It's exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this sounds... work is wonderful in, in terms of, of medicine and therapy because it's not, it doesn't compete. Mm. It's an and, which yeah. is super helpful. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And you say there, there are a couple of ways that we can identify our emotional DNA uh, that we have inherited. You said by decoding the use of language and our body's messages. Can you please say more about that? Sure. So, yes, there are. There are a number of ways for you to find it. So one of them is to listen to yourself and notice where you're stuck. Where are you stuck? Where are you irritated? Where do you always become reactive? Where do you get depressed? Have a look at that. And then you go through that series of questions. When did this first happen for me? What was happening in my life at the time? What did I tell myself about that? What did I make it mean about me? What did I make it mean about others? Who else in the family is like that? Now, there may be no one else. You may be it. It may have begun with an event that's you, but quite often it's linked to someone else. In fact, we will say things and it will not say them, but inwardly there is a sense of, if my mom is sad, I must be sad. But why is she sad? Well, maybe her mother was sad. Why was her mother sad? Well, maybe grandmother was sad. What happened to grandmother? There's the event. So now we have an event and all the reasons why the woman went into what we call an unconscious loyalty. If you are sad so that you don't have to carry it alone, I will too. Now, when it comes all the way down to you, the change agent, and you begin writing the chapter that only you can write, you look at that and go, I'm tired of the sadness in this family. I want to be happy. I can't do this anymore. What you've done is you've just very neatly gone, there's the pattern that wants to stop. Boom. Here's the pattern that's trying to stop. Joy. So what was shut off back there in terms of the flow of joy, you're now turning back on. So that's one way. Why is it that some people can wake up one day and be like, okay, that's it. I I, I can't deal with this anymore. I need to change. I need to break that pattern. Why is it that some people can do it and others can't? Beautiful question. Some people, first of all, get to the place where it's, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. So yes. what's happening is this is what when you're when you're sucked into this limiting pattern, and there are many we don't even realize, but when we're sucked into that, we're in what we call a systemic trance. We're loyal to the system. We're locked into that series of patterns. This is the way it is. That's our fate as a family. But when we start to do what you've just described, which is I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, something is stirring. It's one of the best places you could be because something is saying it has to change. And when you can build enough weight for the adventure over here, you can actually bypass all of these old, what we call systemic sentences. So a systemic sentence is, this is our fate. We're always all going to be sad. Um, money is always scarce. Relationships don't work. Those sentences that you tell yourself are not yours. They're multi-generational sentences or multi-event sentences. And so they've locked on and they've made this the truth. When you want a new truth enough and you keep building enough sense of excitement or adventure or desperate, whatever it is over here, this one pulls you past and goes, okay, let's move this way. Now, there is a process to that. And I tell people, you're magicians, you just don't know it. Mm. Your words, yeah. your thoughts, your feelings. 
you can sit all day long and say, I'm going to have different relationships. I'm going to have different relationships. And it's not, it's not going to happen. It's when you go, oh, my goodness, I want that relationship. Not this. This is no longer working. I want that relationship. And your head, go, your heart opens. So heart opens. When the heart opens, you shift from survival or multi-generational sentences to new and frontal lobes. So now you're in this creative space and you're going, I could do this and I could do that. And when that happens, your heart is open, your brain is switched on, your gut, instead of being all tight, starts to relax and, and go, this is fun. This is fun. And the more you build on that with every little piece and you add a different sentence and a different feeling, just one at a time, now you're building your different framework, your winner effect, your move in that direction. And for some people, it can take years, but for some, it's because yeah. they allow and I'd, I'd imagine that doing like personal development and investing your time in reading the books and going for workshops, meditation, yeah, yeah. does that help with changing that, changing the patterns? Absolutely does. The, the book um, that I wrote is specifically yeah. to help you move. I have two constellations meditations with, which take you through a constellation. Okay. And then a live event um, – Gosh, what do I say about that other than people come to live events and they do not walk out the same person? Because yes. now you've seen it, felt it, experienced it, been in the middle of it. Things have changed. You've gone through a one-way door mm. and they're just not the same. I've just completed one at Disney World because I do one at Disney yeah, World. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. That's when I was doing and, some research on you, I was like, wow, she's at Disney World. <laughs> oh, yeah. Were you teaching and, the employees? No, it actually wasn't or isn't. It's open to the public. And oh, I, I do it at Disney World because he's the guy who never gave up. Even in the face of all sorts of things, he kept going. And so big I Walt Disney people... fan. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, if definitely. you're a big Walt Disney fan, then you probably yes. saw this morning's news as well. I did. Got yes. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's yes. cheering. Yeah. Um, everyone's really happy about him being back. Oh, yes. <laughs> so happy. Hopefully and, he'll um, save because it's a sinking ship right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I Bob think he'll turn it around. Yeah, Bob Iger yeah. is. Yeah, I'm so glad he's back. Me too. But the whole Me point, too. The whole point of that is to take people into the luxury section of Disney, stretch yeah. them a little, make mm -hmm. them work during the day, and then play during the night, so they can see how work and play can really buddy each other. So okay. I do one a year there. I do them around the, the world throughout the year, but one at Disney. And people just walk away going, not the same anymore. But yes, big, big fan of Disney, as we can see. I'm all things Disney. I'm very happy about today's news. Yeah. In fact, it's already, the, the yeah, it's doing well. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy to see that too. So, yeah, that's fabulous that you that you work with them. That's that's great. I um, love it, and I take companies there as well. We do themed pieces where I okay. take them there, like the Jedi leader, the Incredible leader. Yeah. Oh, how fun! <laughs> oh yeah, it's lovely. Maybe I'll attend it one day. <laughs> I would love to see you there. The next one will be round about September, October, November. Put it on your calendar. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'll keep that in mind for sure. And everyone, everyone else listening, whoever's like, whoever's interested. Yes, in please. Welcome. Yes. Come play. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. Um, and you also say that, uh, Judy, you also say that our body sends us signals about the emotional DNA. So uh, can you say a little bit about that too, please? You actually said in the book that the body never lies. And I totally agree. The body with that, does so. not lie. And if you don't yeah. listen, it gets louder and louder. So, yeah. one of the most obvious ones, and people always laugh when they hear it because they go, oh, Of course. If you have uh, gast uh, gastrointestinal problems, ask yourself, What in my life can I not stomach at the moment? Yeah. yeah. Literally, with, with headaches. Um, things like migraines. Sometimes in systemic work, what we find is that is love that has nowhere to land. And so it backflows and it builds up. Um, with things like obesity, obesity is one of my favorite because it has so many different systemic components. Some people will expand their mass to include the missing ones. That's one we see quite often. Or there are people who confuse their foods. You should have an infinite supply of emotional food and a finite supply of physical food. But when the emotional food isn't there, then often what we cannot take into our soul, we take in through our mouths and we get the two confused. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, the body is a very nice literal translator. It's saying, yeah. I've tried everything else to get your attention. You're not listening. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Great, great. And you also say that meta patterns, I know you, you dedicated like a couple of chapters to that. You you call it the big gun, if I'm not mistaken. The big gun. The big gun. And you say that it keeps us in a systemic trance. Uh, yeah. So tell us about meta patterns, Judy, and why is it important for Ooh. us to know about it and how it impacts us? In so many ways, um, in ways of wealth and finance, we get taught, don't be greedy. Money is, doesn't grow on trees. Money beliefs. Uh, yeah. Yes, only greedy people have money. We hear yeah. all of these negative things and then we want it. And then when we get it, we spend our time trying to give it away. I literally had somebody who said to me, I haven't been working for a year, but that's good because they paid me too much anyway. And I was like, what? are you listening <laughs> to what you just said? So that's Talk one about of the first ones. world problems. <laughs> yes. So, and here was, I teach money DNA. It's one of my favorite things to teach because money is a friend and people don't know that. But there's another very big meta pattern that has us locked down as in humanity at the moment. And that is the victim, the victim pattern. We have monetized it, glamorized it, sanitized it. And what it does is, where instead of if we use it wisely, we could see this person is being victimized or I'm being victimized. But what we should be doing is saying, and what do I do with this? We don't. We go pay me, uh, give me reparations, make me a martyr, tell me I'm an elegant part of a system. And it, it's fine, but it keeps us stuck. We don't get to see what it's like if we step out of the victim and start moving to something different. The, the, the journey from victim to master is an incredibly beautiful and exciting one. And instead, we keep encouraging people to be victims. And it's, and again, I know when I said this the first time, people were irate because I said, suffering isn't sacred, it's stupid. And, and there was a big outcry. And so let me clarify again. Every one of us will suffer at some point. It's what you do with Didn't it. Didn't Buddha say it, that? 
I know Buddha said uh, that, you know, life is suffering. That's what we tell ourselves. Yes. And it's not the truth. Life is a journey. We may hit suffering, but what do we want to do with that? If right. we keep suffering, then I'm afraid it's stupid. But if yeah. we start to look at what we can do with it and how we can grow, we look at it and then indeed it was a sacred step. But if you just sit and stew in it, no, it's not. Yeah, and were people triggered when you said that? Oh, people were in two ways, actually. I, I had so many comments on that. People were saying, you're taking away my religion. No, I'm not. You're taking away things like these important figures who in history, and I was like, no, you focus on one aspect. They created many amazing things. You don't focus on that. The people who bring us the best change are the ones who say, I suffered, I stepped, I saw, and I soared. That's yeah. what we're looking for. How are you yeah. using this to grow yourself? And by the way, as soon as you grow yourself, you're growing humanity. Absolutely. And I'm seeing that victim mentality. It's so interesting you say that. That's starting to become more prominent in the younger generations. Does that, oh. that have something to do with epigenetics or? You know, yes, the, the it does. Because we, yeah, we have fostered the sense of a couple of things. We haven't created rules that, that younger people can follow. It's like, everybody, you go and be your own person. Well, if you don't know what that is, um, and then we've said you can be whoever you want and whichever sexual orientation you want, which is fine. Yes. No problem with that. But then own it in a beautiful and positive way. If you listen to the language globally, we keep saying, I have to fight for this. I have to fight for this. What would happen if instead you said, this is my journey and here's how incredible it is and this is what I've been able to achieve? Can we achieve instead of fighting? Those are very two very different words. Mm. So be proactive about making that change, about whatever it is yeah. that's bothering you. Yeah, And have a lovely adventure because what's bothering you is actually saying to you, hey, I'm your place of purpose. I'm where you can make a difference. I'm where you can grow and become something remarkable. Go do that. Mm, that's so well said, Judy. I, I totally agree with you. Go if ahead, we yeah. look at our, our friend Walt, he suffered. As a kid, he was up to his neck in snow delivering paper with hypothermia. But Walt did one thing, and it's what sets everybody's adventure off, and it's important. Instead of going, look at what this is, he said, let's look at what's possible. And he started an adventure. And the minute you go, let's look at what's possible, you stop being a victim and you start exhibiting the Walt spirit. You start heading in the direction of an amazing life. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've noticed that in like the older generations, I even see that with my parents, you know, they, my dad comes from the silent era, my mom's a baby boomer, but they've got this resilience about them. They just get on with things, you know, yes. and that is, that's rare now. I and mean, we even saw it embodied in Queen Elizabeth, the late queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth Absolutely. II. Like she embodied all the, those qualities, very duty bound. So I think you make a really, really good point. That is something that was very very much part of like the older generations. And I really, I would like to see it make a comeback. 
now? Well, here's, here's what I tell all of my clients, two things. Yeah. If you quit whining, you'll start shining. <laughs> oh, I love and that. If you, yeah, <laughs> That's a and good if tweet. you show up, you'll grow up. I hear people, you know, and I watch it. I look for it when I'm working with clients. I have a headache. I can't be there today. And I go, oh, okay. So we have the systemic trance. Or somebody who says, oh, I've got a dreadful cold. And I go, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. We'll manage. And I go, okay, you're on your adventure. Yeah. So, Judy, getting back to the emotional DNA and identifying our patterns, once we identify them, what are the first steps that we can take to start changing it? Okay, so a couple of things. Remember I spoke to you about being the wizard. I just talked about the fact that we're wizards. Something that, that we've got to teach ourselves because we actually do it all day long is that we feel. We're very feeling beings. Mostly what we do is tell ourselves horror stories about ourselves that we believe. And our body goes, yep, see, you were stupid, shouldn't have done that, you're so dumb, oh my goodness, why did I do that, I'm such a... And then the body's into it as well, and so it becomes the truth. So one of the first things is identifying what your heart's desire is. doesn't matter how crazy it seems, it really doesn't. I've been through enough of that to know that if you have it, you'll get it. So what is my heart's desire? How do? What do I think about that? Most of all, can my brain tell my body a story that my body can believe? So when I say that, what I'm saying is, oh, my goodness, you know what I want? I'll, I'll do my one. One day, one day, I want to be able to have Disney timeshare. I want to have enough money to go buy Disney timeshare. And I can remember saying that for years. And when one day came, and I could feel it. I would, I would just imagine, imagine if I was walking out of one of those resorts because I have timeshare there and it was exciting. And I, it was fleeting moments, but it was such a nice feeling. When the time came and I realized I had the down payment for it, I started to sort of go back and forth in the, in the systemic trance. Yes, but I should be using that for something else and you should be wise and we don't spend that money. And, and it was like, uh-uh. That's the adventure. It's going to take you somewhere. Invest in it. So then I sat down and wrote, what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my actions that are stopping me? How do I feel about this? Now, what are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my actions about doing it? Imagine if I can bring my whole family. Imagine being at Disney at Christmas. What is that like for me? And I could feel it. My brain was telling my body a story it could believe. And it was stronger than the systemic trance. And I started to pull. So for people, what I say is give yourself a goal, make it a stretch, not a crack or a break, a stretch. And then don't, don't go sharing it with everybody who's going to rain on it. But make it your own private adventure and keep putting pennies, dollars, time into that. And when you've got it, then say to the world, look, because they're invested in you not getting there. As long as you don't get there, they feel very safe because now they don't feel like, well, she did what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. She decided to go for it and didn't stop. That's all. If When you snap out of the sleep and you go for the adventure, 
your life will never, ever be the same again. That's it. You have to be motivated enough. You got to have that, that fire in you to actually to make that change and to actually reflect uh, on those Yeah, questions. and it doesn't matter if it's slow. It doesn't yeah. matter. You will get there because the more that you win and celebrate, which is important, even yeah. if it's quietly here, you build a winner effect. You're telling yourself, I can, I can, I can. And the more you do that, the bigger the steps you take until you get there. Yeah. That's, it makes it sound more achievable. It's like you can do it one step at a time. Slowly. And eventually it'll, it'll, um, it'll grow. And come to you in most unexpected ways. For me, I wanted that, but I'd been saving because I wanted to bring my brother out from South Africa with his family. And I'd been flying around, so I had the frequent fly miles so I could use those. And I had enough to bring them out and enough to for accommodation at Disney. And then when I looked at the price of the accommodation and I looked at timeshare, the accommodation was exactly the amount I needed to put down on timeshare and I could have it forever and I could pay off the timeshare. So it finds its way to work into what it is that you're wanting. It may not be the way that you thought, but it's pretty darn amazing. Yeah, that's where the metaphysical uh, element comes in. Totally. The universe is working with you. I think this is something people don't understand. Once you begin to become aware of what's in your system and you look around you and you begin to really show up to grow up, you'll notice how things start swinging into place. It's because now you're in harmony and coherence with the universe and you're aligned so the universe doesn't have to go, uh-oh, stop, start, stop. Where are we at now? It's all aligned. Wow. Okay. And for those who want to, you know, they want to work on themselves more, they want to do the systemic work, do you recommend working with a coach or do you do one-to-one coaching? Or I do do one-to-one coaching. Okay. Um, so people can reach me. Yeah. I don't always have space, but I do do one-to-one coaching. Okay. Uh, reading the book is a really helpful step yeah. because it to unlock the language. Doing yeah. the two meditations, super helpful because it connects you to the line of your mother and then mm-hmm. to the line of your father and brings you forward. Mm-hmm. Um, live events, if they can get to them, are very powerful. They They shift. But I will also say that I have worked with groups remotely via Zoom, and you can do very well via Zoom. If you know what you're doing, this is possible too. So any one of those will work. If they read the book, they'll begin to do the DIY constellations and begin to understand that, wow, this 3D stuff works because we're engaging all of the senses. Right. And the name of Judy's book, the full name is um, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multigenerational Patterns. It is available wherever books are sold and also on Judy's website, judywilkins-smith.com. The links will be in the description box. So Beautiful. Wonderful. Judy, uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. It's been most enlightening. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast 
and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.